are listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Still in quarantine. Still quarantine episodes. So there's no reason for you guys to not go through and binge listen to every single episode if you haven't already. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. This is episode 89, so um, you got a few to listen to. (laughs) I know. We're getting so close to 100. I know. It's creeping up. And if we stay quarantined, we might start doing one of these every single day. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we could do that or not. I don't think I can. Um, I almost forgot about it again today because time doesn't matter anymore. It really seems like days of the week don't matter um, time doesn't matter. I mean, when you go to bed or get up, does it really matter? I woke up this morning and the first thing that I had to think about was what day is it? I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is weird because we stay home a lot anyway, but we have certain things that we do every week that kind of mark out what our week is. So we know that, you know, we, we still keep track of the days, even though we work from home a lot. Because you have certain things you do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That keeps us on a plan. Well, it's it's Monday. And what is Monday always? Monday is always a long run. So when I woke up, I was wishing it was Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so it was m- Monday, long run Monday. But hey, we got it done. And the air felt like gravy. Yeah, it was a little humid. But hey, you know, humidity happens. What are you going to do? It was. It was super humid. I was just glad it wasn't raining because here in Texas lately, I don't know if we're planning for a flood as well, and we need to start building an ark, but between COVID-19, lots of rain, and bees. (laughs) Oh, bees. Yeah, we saw some bees this morning, and that was really weird. Oh, well, those bees, you know, I posted about it, and everybody's like, oh, you, I, we should get them safely removed. But they live there. They they live in the tree right there. They were just out because they're quarantined like everybody else. They were just out for a day trip. I guess. On the mailbox. That was weird. Yeah, because they live. We know the tree they live in because you don't make noise when you go by that tree. No, we've seen, seen them swarm before, and it's actually really cool. It is cool. And nobody wants to bother them because they're good bees. They're nice bees. They're good friendly bees. They're the best bees. They're huge. Everybody says so. <laughs> We're losing our minds. Oh my gosh. We've watched so many, many press conferences because because here's the thing we do. We make sure we watch the actual press conference because what you see in the media is they're they're basically lying. And I, I don't want to be all, you know, and, and it's not just one source, it's not right or left. This is all of them. They over exaggerate, uh, they're trying to cause panic, they do all these stupid things. If you watch the actual press conference, it's there's there's like there's nothing that's a big deal. No, there's not. I mean, th- we talked about this before. A headline will say that Trump like laid into some uh, media person asking a question, and when you watch it, you're like, really? Yeah. Because is that the angry Trump? Because he's pretty nice. Oh, I've seen it. Trump explodes. 
or huge outburst, and I'm, I watch it, and like, there's nothing here. <laughs> I know it's pretty funny. So whether you you know this isn't a political thing at all. I'm not saying pro or negative about Trump. I'm just saying the media seems to spin everything because their job is to divide people by making headlines to make you scared to make yes. you want to read them. Anyway, all the headlines are, are are overly inflammatory, and right now it just it drives me crazy. And again, not a pro Trump thing, just something we notice that we watch the actual press conference. That's why that's why I have such a good Trump impersonation right now. And okay? we always shop at Kroger. Kroger, you go to Kroger. Anyway, they don't that's come from our China. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our Trump impersonation. Yeah. And now we're done. See you and guys that, later. I hope right. you have a good week. Right. So no. so um, besides Long Run Monday, which we both got them in, and it felt pretty good. Today I did something I normally don't do during a long run, which was I stole your fanny pack and I listened to music while I ran. Somebody stole my '80s fanny pack. I did, and I ran. Did I say it was episode '89? Because that's so '80s. Anyway. It is a episode 89, and I stole your fanny pack, and I listened to music, <laughs> and I listened to 80s music. So, Hey, there are studies out there that show that if you listen to music while running, you run faster and further. Well, it didn't work for me today oh. <laughs> because I thought I was running fast, and I looked down, and I was like, I'm probably running like at least a 1030 right now, which is pretty good for me. And I looked down, and it said 1215, yeah. and I was like, what is happening? I'm listening to Hammer Time. I wanted to break out and to do the Hammer Time dance, but <laughs> anyway, I just kept running. Well... So much for that study, I guess. Yeah, that was bogus. But I don't know if they tested it while wa- running through gravy-thick air. Or, or they tested it on a, a woman who doesn't run a whole lot. I run plenty. <laughs> I run enough. I run enough. You do? I do. Not lately. Not, but no, not since, like, November. We're on the upswing. We're getting back into the run program, man. I know, but normally I was like at an 11-minute mile, and now I'm like at a 12, 15. It's kind of depressing. Oh, it'll come back. It always does. I know. My legs are sore. Anyway, enough about that. Yeah. So uh, a couple things we kind of picked out to uh, talk about this week. Just, again, things we noticed during the week, uh, besides the, the media being uh, a little inflammatory. Um, it's just there's a, okay, there's a lot of advice out there. People have ramped up the workout from home advice, and they have seem to have ramped up their uh, very poor health diet advice. Um, yeah. So, and we're calling um, out you, Pop Sugar. So I saw this posted on Paul Saladino's uh, Instagram, the Carnivore MD, and Pop Sugar is not really a. I would say in our world, it's not going to be a respected source of health information. Um, because they just pull a lot of stuff from different dietitians, and they use this. I'm pretty sure they use this program that we're a part of called Help a Reporter Out that my daughter introduced me to. So they just send out for dietitians to help, you know, write their articles. One of the ones that came out that he posted about was how right now you shouldn't stress about stress eating and gaining weight and, you know, all of these things that are going on right now. And I just thought it was interesting, and he also pointed it out on his Instagram post that, what the hell, <laughs> you know? Right. 
Because when you really are looking at this COVID situation that we're all trying to avoid, one of the big things is when you are eating processed foods, you know, inflammatory foods, sugary foods, all these things, if you have blood sugar dysregulation, and if you have excess weight, some of these things are going to make it more of a struggle for you if you do encounter the COVID virus. And to have that article out there telling people, hey, it's no big deal, just eat and gain weight and don't worry about it, this is a tough time, is really some crappy, shitty, no good advice. Yes, it is, because you want to keep your immune system strong. Uh, and also, those foods, if you, if you start overeating them, contribute to anxiety. Yeah, and that's another thing that people don't often think about is a lot of processed foods with those, you know, crappy oils and and sugar will increase anxiety. And then a lot of them have food dyes and stuff. And a lot of people are feeding that stuff to their kids too right now because they're home and they're just little people and they're going to get anxious and worried and a little more irritable with eating foods like that as well. So Yeah, so there's so I think you're trapped in the house with them. Yeah, so there's, <laughs> there's a couple different angles that you can come at this by. You know, one, they're they're telling you to eat not healthy, which that's goofy. And the, the food that they're telling you to eat, which food that you eat when you stress is the extra not healthy food, which is going to make you gain weight, is possibly going to give you anxiety. And now you're you're quarantined and, and you're just kind of you know, putting all those those things onto the situation that's already bad. Well, the one dietitian's advice in one of the tips was that right now you might not be able to find the normal foods you eat, and it showed a whole rack of organic whatever missing from a grocery store. And they said, so instead, you want to create this um, environment of food um, like prosperity. So to speak. So you want to have you want to go ahead and buy the chips, the candy, the ice cream, and all the treats to have on hand, so you feel like you have a surplus of food. And I was like, "What is she saying?" <laughs> so, so if you can't find your organic quinoa, you instead should opt for the sugar candy, sugary candy, and ice cream and chips and cookies. Quinoa or bluebell, you pick. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, are they saying that if you can't find an organic something like black beans that you normally eat, you should just go for the ice cream? Right. It doesn't matter. And, you know, and this is where, uh, you know, diet advice gets really weird because you're better off eating hot dogs. 100%. You know, than you are eating some of the other chips. And hot dogs, most people look at as a very poor food. Well, here's the thing. We have been to the grocery store, and I know it's not the same in every city or county or state or whatever, but we've been to a couple of different, two or three different kinds of grocery stores since this thing has happened. I have not encountered one place where you couldn't get some frozen chicken, some frozen burgers, some fresh meat, and maybe eggs were out a couple of times, but there was plenty of fresh meat available um, whether it was might have been frozen and you had to kind of go look for it. Or there was also, if you're somebody who wants to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, they were full in the fruit and veggie section. Right. And every single grocery store we've been to, there's not been a shortage. So I don't know what's going on there. No, I know that's not the same for everyone. We, we acknowledge that. Well, like I that. said, yeah. You know, we're in the Fort Worth area where where there was some, you know, some reports of stores being pretty bare. 
But for the most part, it, it stayed plentiful. Our organic toilet paper is all gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing they keep. Like we went to the store uh, just this last Friday. There was still no toilet paper. It still wasn't there. What was amazing is that I didn't realize that this happened in 1973 and that it was all Johnny Carson's fault. Yes, yes. We saw that, that, that he said on The Tonight Show that there was a toilet paper shortage, which created... A toilet, paper. a toilet paper shortage because everybody rushed out and bought toilet paper. And and they were having, uh, they were showing the old news clips. It was, you know, 45 years ago. The toilet paper shelves were empty and they didn't understand why all of a sudden all these people were buying toilet paper. And Walter Cronkite had to come on the news and assure the American people that there was not a shortage of toilet paper. So we've done this before. What is wrong with us? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is why we haven't been invaded by aliens yet. Yeah. Humans are skittish. I mean, humans are extremely skittish. And anytime there's a possible shortage, people will freak out. Aliens are like, I'm not even going there. They freak out over toilet paper, yeah, man. Yeah, yep. They've watched a couple. They've watched a couple of episodes of of the planet Earth and said, nope. <laughs> but, oh, uh, another thing mm-hmm. is that with all of this and a lot of traffic being kind of squelched, and I don't know about in other places, not so much really in our area. People seem to still be out, but pollution seems to be kind of waning a little bit yep. but amazingly all the cows are still around right i think we solved that whole cow farts thing <laughs> you know i don't maybe well maybe the cows aren't commuting as much as they were i don't know what's going on i but don't know yeah. Mm, yeah i've seen a lot of people talk about how the earth is kind of cleaning itself up because we're not out so apparently those same people need to go back and retract their statement saying that it's all the cow's fault. It sounds like the earth is trying to clean up, clean us like off the planet right now. <laughs> Mother Nature needs to calm down. <laughs> but hey, so there is uh, some good news out there. Is there? Oh yeah, there's always, okay. always good news. Always made a positive attitude. Um, so uh, I got a couple studies that just over the week that have come across our feeds. Uh, one of them is a study and it's, and it's an old one. It was from 1989. It was on PubMed. And uh, uh, Dr. Dominic Diagostino shared it. Mm. And it just showed that that patients who had to be on a ventilator, if they were put on a high-fat diet, they came off the ventilator uh, 62% quicker than the patients who maintained whatever crappy diet they were on. You know, I'd like to be in the hospital that decided to put them on a high-fat diet. Like, where's that hospital? Right. Good luck with getting a high-fat diet in a hospital. Oh, my gosh. That's what's so terrifying. Because I know when I was in the hospital in January... That was like a big struggle. If I didn't have the ability to have you come there and bring me fat, I would have been like totally hosed. So, I mean, that's a good point. When when Melody was in the hospital, she had pneumonia, which that can progress to, you know, being where you'd have to be on a ventilator. Yeah. But instead, uh, you know, I was bringing her, like you said, I was bringing her fat coffees every day. She was out within three days. Mm-hmm. So... So that is a, a quick recovery from what could be a couple of week hospital stay. And no lung damage. Right. And no lung damage. That's another thing. So I know a lot of people who end up with pneumonia have like permanent lung damage. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the um, very scary aspects of this COVID virus for people is that if you do recover, some people will possibly have long term lung damage and you know, one of the major things that we do know is that not only the high-fat diet, like you read in that article or that study, would help people get off a ventilator faster, but the reason why is because your lungs require saturated fat. 
And I think we talked about that a little bit last week, that your lungs actually have to have saturated fat to work. It's the major uh, building block for like breaking down the mucus in your lungs when it gets in there. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing that, you know, the medical community has pushed saturated fat so far out the door. And hopefully this will, like we said again last week, will bring in some conversation about, hey, maybe we need to rethink this whole saturated fat idea. Right. Um, Yeah, that's a good thing to put out there. I mean, if you have, um, I don't know, I don't know if, hospitals nowadays even have a protocol for for a high fat diet for patients. I don't know if they well, can even do it. I don't even know if they can because there wasn't a lick of fat on that menu that I had. No. It was so hard to come by any fat. And if it was, it was margarine and it was crappy fat. And, you know, I didn't have any access to fat unless you brought it to me. I mean, there was very, very minimal yeah. fat. And that's no good. No. So uh, just something to think about, but that's good news. So if people know that, you know, being on a high-fat diet is going to help your lungs recover faster. Yeah, and, you know, it's just going to be so hard for anyone who does contract COVID-19 and have to go into the hospital because you can't have visitors. Yeah, you can't. So that's, like, that is terrifying. It is. It is very... You know, back to, could we have more good news? Okay, some more good news for all you people, because we know who is ever listening to this podcast, most likely that you're on a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet, or, or you're east, at least on a low-carb diet. So another study, and this one is recent, came out on March 4th uh, of this, just this last March. Uh, so it's about a month old, and it's from uh, the Stony Brook University. Not sure where that's at, but that's where it's out of. Um, and it showed that a low-carb diet, uh, can prevent or even reverse brain aging. So, so you can get a young brain. Get a young brain. So like they talked young about Frankenstein. <laughs> exactly like young Frankenstein. You can get the Abby instead of having the Abby normal brain. Right. You can get the what? Not Abby normal. The not the nor the, the genius normal. brain. So <laughs> if you don't know that reference, this is a good time. You're shut in your house. You should watch Young Frankenstein. Yes, you so, totally it's should. Hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, but it talked a lot about, you know, uh, glucose and ketones because, you know, a lot of the things that we already know, you're changing your brain fuel from what they call a less efficient fuel of glucose to a more efficient fuel of ketones. So uh, they said, you know, this can contribute to less dementia, less Alzheimer's in society if people switch to a low-carb diet. Right. And there's still so many people out there who really believe that if you don't eat carbohydrates, your brain doesn't get any fuel. And, you know, that's something that, you know, maybe right now when you have the time and opportunity to talk to your family and friends and they're concerned, right now people are scared. They're concerned about their health because they have to be. And this might be a good time. Strike while the iron's hot. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And start, you know, kind of infiltrating these, you know, positive changes that someone can do in their life to make long-lasting, you know, health improvements, like mm-hmm. ketogenic diet for brain health. That's amazing. Who wouldn't want to do that? I want a young brain. Yeah, and they, and also in the article, they, they referenced the heart. They said, you know, that ketones were the, were the more efficient, better fuel for the brain, as well as they knew it was already the more efficient fuel for your heart. Which is really important, um, especially right now, because... One thing with the COVID-19 virus that we know about is that it 
is affecting red blood cells and affecting how your body gets oxygen to all of its cells. That's the very first thing that they're seeing with patients, but it doesn't get talked about a whole lot. The end result is obviously your lungs are compromised, but having blood sugar regulated, having ketones for fuel, you're increasing oxygen to your cells already. And then if your blood sugar is regulated, you're just going to be in a better place to have that oxygen flow to your heart, to your lungs, to all those vital organs. So I think that's a really important point. Mm -hmm. It is totally. Um, You know, one of the things I know we talked about last week, I had had my episode of low energy because I low fatted myself inadvertently, um, you know, yay me. Um, so since then, like this week, I've been putting coconut oil in all my coffee. <laughs> You've been putting coconut oil in everything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went from no fat to all the fat. So, okay, I did that, you know, and this is one of those things. You're always working with your diet, and I feel so much better. Like, my knees feel better. I feel like I've recovered from my workout so much faster. Um, just little things you notice, and, and I've just I've upped my fat intake. I put um, went to... And another thing with the, that I kind of forgot to do was putting butter on my steak. I yeah. just I just kind of stopped doing it. I called it steak frosting. Yeah, forever. we used to call it steak frosting for a really long time, and I kind of just got away from putting butter on my steak. You know what happens to us happens to everybody. We start hearing all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going around in the keto world, in the carnivore world. Well, if you want to lean out, what do you have to do? Oh, well, you need to eat more protein and less fat because you need to force your body to use fat. The problem with that is that sometimes you can do that in a way where you don't have energy, like happened to you last week. Like moi. Like moi. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a balance you have to strike all the time. And another thing that gets tossed around a lot is this idea, and I wanted to kind of talk about this today because everybody is stressed, and this ties back to the pop sugar um, uh, article about stress eating and not worrying about it, not worrying about gaining weight and all this stuff. Um, Another thing that gets tossed around in our community is the idea that everybody needs to intermittent fast to be a good carnivore or a good keto person. Right. And sometimes that doesn't work. That's not the best protocol. Is fasting healthy? Yes. Is it a panacea for everything? No. Sometimes people don't need to fast. And I wanted to talk about a couple of reasons why you might not need to fast all the time. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not appropriate for everybody. So go over those, like, you know, how would you know if fasting is for you or not for you? Well, you know, we've talked about this sleep issue a whole lot over the last several weeks. Um We talked about the type 2 muscle fiber and maybe not having enough storage for glucose. Uh, We've talked about overtraining. We've talked about all these different things. But this one, this week, a lot of people are under what we would consider chronic stress. Chronic is anything that's happening continuously. Acute, obviously, just if you're not familiar, is something that... If you break your arm, that's an acute injury. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a long-lasting disease. So sleep deprivation during chronic stress is something that happens to a lot of people, which means your cortisol is going to go up. And when that happens, and then you turn around in the next on the next morning and you fast for a long period of time because you think you're being a good carnivore or keto person, and that's what you're supposed to do, perhaps... It's better that you just eat some fat and protein in the morning, like a real meal, because what that does is it blunts that cortisol. 
and stops the production and gets it moving on that downward slope that we want it on for the day rather than having it increase, increase, increase up until the afternoon, which is not what you want. Right. So that's one of the reasons. So if you're experiencing a lot of uh, disrupted sleep, having anxiety, trouble falling asleep, I would suggest don't fast so much right now. Don't go buy the sugar, the candy, the ice cream, the chips, and all the stuff that that (laughs) one person said, that expert dietitian said. But how about let's just start with some protein and some fat and keep the day as keto as you can. And if you're somebody that has you know, experimented with your need for carbohydrates and your carb tolerance, and you know what to add in, maybe try that out. Yeah. So uh, that's just a great example of, you know, fasting might not be for you. Now, how do you figure that stuff out? Well, let me tell you, how about you work with a nutritional therapy practitioner and figure (laughs) all that stuff out? Right now is the perfect time for people to work with, I would say, Melody and figure out how to, how all those things apply to you because that's the one thing that we've really found when working with people is uh, bio individuality. Man, it is so everybody is so different. Everybody comes with something different to the table, whether it's you know how their past journey has been. If they've been super low calorie and low fat for a long period of time, their story is going to be different moving forward than someone who has. Always worked out, always eaten, um, you know, fat and protein and, you know, goals are different. All those things are just so different for each person, male versus female. It is different. I used to kind of argue with myself on that point that we're all humans, but, and this is true, but women and men are different when it comes to this. And a lot of times I'm finding that females do a little bit better if they have some protein in the morning with some fat Mm -hmm. and just switch. Do you have to not fast? I'm not saying don't fast. Maybe you just need to shift it to further in, you know, in the day, like you eat in the morning and your fasting begins in the evening, in the afternoon versus fasting all morning and allowing your cortisol to go crazy and then getting a second wind at like 11 or midnight when you should be falling asleep. So Just playing with food timing often can be the key. And yeah, sometimes you do need to work with someone on that. But these are some things you can play with on your own. But if you need help, we're always here. I'm telling you, it's a great time because, you know, if if you're not one of the people, the essential workers that you're working 12 hours a day, um, maybe you're at home and you're just, you know, trying to maintain some uh, type of routine. It's a great idea to get on a uh, get on a consult, get on Zoom and just kind of see if uh, what we offer works for you. Yep, you can totally do that. And we'll try to catch you in between our workouts because, (laughs) (laughs) no, you know, I always said for so long, man, if all I had to do was just work out all day, I could be so ripped. Well, I don't think that was the problem. We have no excuses. No excuses now. That's like really there are days when I'm like, well, what? how many workouts can we do today? Yep. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, it's just a good time uh, to set some new routines up, to try some different things. Um, Don't go buy the sugar, the, you know, the ice cream and the cookies and chips. That was such terrible advice. I was just so shocked by that. And I think, you know, keto people are are way better at avoiding those pitfalls 
because when you're eating healthy already, it's it's much easier to continue to eat healthy. Yeah. Um, and and again, but again, if you do, maybe it's once a week or twice a week. You have you know what we refer to as maybe a cheat meal or an off plan meal that uh, don't feel bad about it. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to feel bad. I mean, that's what the point of their article was. I want to be fair. The point of their article was we have bigger things to worry about right now. And that is so true. We do have bigger things to be concerned with um, versus stress eating and gaining a little bit of weight or not feeling like working out. But on the flip side, all of those things are the things that are going to make you feel better. If you feel bad and you're depressed because we're all having to stay home, not working out is not the answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the hardest things. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's like when it said, don't worry about not working out if you're depressed. I'm like, but that's actually the cure for that depression. And so, yeah, it's hard sometimes to motivate yourself. And if, if you're kind of alone in this, then, you know, we want to be here to be a motivating factor for people um, to help you get through this too because we all what do they keep saying we're alone together or something some, some sort of thing like that yeah oxymoron right. <laughs> so well we are we are alone together and that's why we're we're keeping up with our our podcast you know talking about what's happened to us how we're getting through it so maybe it can help you guys out because we are we're all all kind of alone together right now yeah so if you want to if you want to be together together you can definitely get on a a Zoom call with us. Hey, and, com- the consult is free. Yeah, the consults are free, and, and we love to do that and yeah. see if we can help you with where you're at right? And what you need. Okay, well, I think that kind of wraps up one of our quarantine episodes. Yeah, so if you're having trouble sleeping and you've been fasting a lot, kind of take into consideration moving your food around and see if it helps. That's my big tip for the week. Yep. All right, well, we hope you guys are doing well. You're staying healthy. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in and listening. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.